Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, Here we are on End Times Friday. This is the uh, last Friday of January that it's going to be broadcast. And uh, lots of interesting stuff going on in the world right now. Um, And uh, we were taping uh, this actually the week before. And so by the time this broadcast, this will have already occurred. But it's happening right now as we speak. Mm. And it's called the uh, World Economic Forum, referred to as WEF. Right. And uh, they, if it's not something you're following yet, you should definitely, you know, get online and be watching the things that are coming out of there, right? Yep, yep. And you'll you'll see it uh, in the news uh, right now. It's they have a conference in uh, Davos, D A V O S, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an annual event. They actually two years ago because of COVID they didn't host it. Uh, a year ago because of COVID, which was just kind of moving, you know, into its uh, uh, end phase, they pushed it into summer of last year. Uh, right. So this is the normal time that they have it. And uh, and because mm-hmm. of that, they have an overwhelming- So these are kind of closer back to back with the summer one and then coming right. again this quickly back in to January. Back. And because, yeah. of, because of it, they have a overwhelming participation uh, mm-hmm. of it. And uh, just let me set the stage. Um, I've been studying, you know, the end times for, uh, you know, almost 15 years plus in terms of in-depth stuff. And um, Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that, uh, just for everybody to understand the sequencing of it is um, there's a beast, which we've talked about. Right. Uh, The beast starts out being a system, and it's a one-world government system. Um, That's what starts the tribulation. Okay. Um, it is readily accepted by the world. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a conflict. There's not an opposition. There's not people that don't like it. The only ones that don't do it are the remnant, by the way, and it's because, right. of, because of spiritual things, not because of the natural things. Um, so uh, the beast becomes a system, the one world government with one, one new economic system, one new currency worldwide. Um, everybody gives up their sovereignty mm-hmm. for the global system and willingly willingly, do, willingly yep. does. Um, that's called the beast. Mm-hmm. Um, out of that beast, and it says the beast has ten heads, mm-hmm. uh, which you know we've in the past it was well that must be ten presidents or prime ministers of or ten of, leaders of, of nations, some sort. yeah. But it appears that it is. Uh, more of a corporate structure mm-hmm. and it's just 10 heads that now become part of the deciding group of the one world government um, and then out of that 10 uh, is uh, 
uh, one that's lesser, not part of the 10, to start with, he's an underling, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, steps into a becoming a part of the 10 when he eliminates three of the 10. Uh, and eliminates isn't, uh, I do it by force, it's willingly done. Because mm -hmm. it appears like it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And then he mm. goes from, uh, that person is the Antichrist. And that person goes from uh, into, the, into the group, uh, is part of the group, but then becomes a leader of the group. It goes from 10 to 7 to 5 to 3 to 2 to 1. He's remaining. And mm -hmm. he's now associated and, and spoken of as the beast because it's now synonymous with him. Right. And the Antichrist is the beast. There's a false prophet, which is a religious leader that says, yep, he's God and a good God. Basically endorses him and yep. gets a lot of people to believe that yep. as well. And then the third party of it is, is Satan, uh, the mm -hmm. dragon. And actually, he's the one manipulating everything behind the scenes. And he's, in essence, equivalent to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the Father's the vine dresser or the, the director of all things, and, and the Holy Spirit and, and uh, Christ the Son have roles uh, mm -hmm. in that, but they're they're God. And uh, okay, well, when you consider that the beast, mm -hmm. there's a description in Revelation of a harlot, and the harlot is what creates the beast. Mm. So there's a group of people behind the scene that is putting the system into place. Right. And that's what I've that's what I've spoken about for, you know, 15 20 years. There's a harlot that actually is going to work behind it to get it ready to when it happens, it's going to be because the harlot worked at it. Right. And got it ready. Which okay. truly is not so behind the scenes anymore, right? No. <laughs> no. So, uh, when I first started uh, what I knew is, and, and, um, and uh, you can send questions in, and we can certainly maybe address this uh, further, but um, the Rothschilds have been basically uh, behind the scene of everything for the last 200 years, mm -hmm. uh, the Rothschild family. Um, and they associated with uh, the uh, Masons. Mm -hmm. uh, they associated with when, and created the, what's called the Illuminati, uh, right. And basically, it's putting people in, in leadership roles around the world uh, in business, government, education. Uh, and key places everywhere. Key now. places everywhere to be able to join in what they had in mind. And very, very long, long looking. And they knew it was going to take several hundred years. Uh, but, you know, they were working at it. Um, and, they, and they were actively promoting uh, one world government. I mean, they, they, mm -hmm. they made a statement. They didn't come out, you know, big time. They just had it in their uh, material and what they spoke. Interesting enough, uh, because it's economic, <laughs> this is this is pretty funny because it's, it's foreign to everybody who understands it. Who do, who do you think owns every single central bank in the world? It's not the government. No. Um, right. It's the Rothschilds. Mm -hmm. um, and they have been putting in place and, and now have controlling ownership of every single central bank in the world. Um, and they purposely have been doing it. And see, when you said, you know, what, what we, when we say a central bank in the United States, we, we say that we, I think of government. Yeah, you because, know, my because natural it, inkling is it's that. referred to as the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. 
And isn't that a U.S. institution? Right. And the interesting truth is it's not. It's an independent institution owned by the Rothschilds and the people that are part of it. And they they dictate the financial policy of the world because they now own all the central banks. And and by the way, Mm. one thing that they're working on is is a electronic cryptocurrency to now operate instead of of different currencies. And they're actively working on it. Okay. Uh, so the, so we know the Rothschilds. Uh, we knew that uh, a group called the Council for Foreign Relations have been operating. And this is primarily um, government and business leaders who have been active over the last 10, 15 years, particularly. And they're actively promoting one world government. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of members that we would recognize, like the Bushes and the Rockefellers and the uh, uh, Obama uh, Etc. These are people. Uh, By the are, way, crosses all party lines. Crosses all party lines, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not political, really, because it's more for, foresight than that. Right. And then there's George Soros, who's a multi-billionaire who's funding a lot of things, and um, he's very active in uh, trying to. Remember, the goal, uh, which we'll see here in a second, is to create the opportunity for one world government. Mm-hmm. Okay, so behind that group which wasn't really visible, is the World Economic Forum. Right. The WEF. Um, and they were pretty silent and not visible and not really stating that they're really the ones that are running the show. They, mm-hmm. they kind of implied that, well, it's Soros and the um, Council for Foreign Relations. Well, come to discover, it's the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, in the last three years, They've gone from being kind of behind the scenes silent to very verbal and mm-hmm. very active and very upfront with their agenda, which is one world government. Right. Um, and, and anyone can go on their website and read through and see the yeah, agenda. You, you can go look yeah. at it. And because they, they, they make a statement, you know, they make a statement. So um, uh, in the, um, the Davos thing, which, which you can go look at, and, the, and you can just Google uh, WEF partners. Mm-hmm. And you'll see all the people that are part of this desire for one world government, and they're starting to speak it. Mm-hmm. Glo- what's called globalization, one world government. And uh, basically, they have, they have a, a, a slogan. Mm-hmm. It's own nothing and be happy. Mm-hmm. Because why? They are also author of the that phrase the great reset the great reset Uh, we're going to reset own nothing be happy um Mm -hmm. and globalization is the answer okay so um they they just spoke this week and they started the conference with this statement uh the do the wef's new global collaboration village is uh, the means and the ability to develop one world government that can be the only thing trusted at a time when worldwide trust in political institutions is at an all-time low. Mm. And that's their starting statement. Opening uh, of the conference the with worldwide conference. leaders everywhere is that, coming together um, to it's, unify. It's the worldwide us. government Mm-hmm. is going to be is going to be more valuable and more important and more productive than all of your local governments local meaning national mm-hmm. uh, and what and so think of what's happening 
there, uh, think of the United States. I mean, just think of the, of the, uh, of the House, Senate, presidency. How much confidence do you think the average person has in just the government to be able to function? They don't. Oh, they don't right now. Because they it's don't. a mess. And What's if ha- COVID did anything, it raised across the board people's distrust of the government. That's right. Uh, and it's happening worldwide. So that the WEFC is purposely doing that and then building the, uh, the uh, structure uh, to be able to collapse the system, which is going to have to happen. Then the solution will be the one world government, which they've been speaking about. And then the people in the world are going to say, yes, isn't that a good idea? And yeah, I'll give up my ownership of it. And yeah, I'll surrender my sovereignty because it solves my problem, which is economic distress. Um, and it's great. And, it's ma- and I don't even trust my own government to solve it. I trust, mm-hmm. And now I trust you guys because you've been building that thing. So it's happening right now, right in front of us. So because of that, the question we all have to ask is, is, does this, is this a timeline that the clock started? Mm. Uh, that actually is headed toward that direction, you know, and we don't, we know it's not going to happen probably tomorrow, but in the next, you know, five years, 10 years, they've set a date of 2030 as their great reset. As their goal, yeah. Um, and then that would issue the, you know, the tribulation. And then um, Elon Musk, who we know, you know, just bought uh, Twitter and is kind of a thorn in everybody's side because <laughs> he kind of speaks what he, what he thinks. Uh, he made a statement about their statement. Oh, really? Yeah. He said, hey, do you realize that one world government is getting put in place without representation? Oh, wow. Uh, so That's fascinating. When did he speak that this week? Was he, that? Sp- he spoke that right after that initial statement. Uh, oh, that my they goodness. Made. He said, do you realize huh. that one world government is getting put in, put in place without representation in other words, we're not going to uh, try to uh, engage and support it. It's going to happen, and it's happening with without anybody having a say-so in it other than mm-hmm. them. However, we know because of, because of Revelation, uh, it's going to be willingly accepted mm-hmm. because it solves a problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would urge you to uh, pay attention, you know, look up Davos, kind of get an, uh, an inkling of the breadth of the participants in that and who they are. And they're all, mm-hmm. they're all big time government. Uh, they're big time, um, uh, business, uh, CEOs around the world. And they're all joining together and speaking the same tune, one world government. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we know the harlot does it. And now interesting enough, right now today, we know who that is. Uh, mm-hmm. why? Well, they're doing it. They're putting it in place. They're getting ready to go. And so um, it's, it's the question is, is this the time? Uh, and again, Jesus said, be careful. Uh, you can't dictate the time or say you know the time, but watch mm-hmm. the signs. And the question we all need to ask is, Father, can, since we can see it mm-hmm. and now, now understand it, is this in fact, are they getting ready to put it in place, and that will begin. That will begin the tribulation, right? Uh, so it'll be interesting, you know, to see it. Um, so uh, lots going on. We'll talk more about that as we get uh, more input, you know, from what's going on over there. But <laughs> um, it's always interesting to me when it kind of was was quiet, and all of a sudden, with COVID and everything else that's been going on, everybody is now verbal about it. 
mm-hmm. and upfront about it, meaning, yeah, I've got enough people now supporting us that we don't right. need to we don't need to be quiet anymore. Uh, actually, the ones that we want to be quiet are the ones that would think, wait a minute, I don't think this is of God. Right. Um, and we're, we'll be the only ones, by the way, that will say that because uh, it's mm. spiritual. Not Remember, it's not just natural. And, you know, we'll get into that. So uh, as we study this, uh, we need to look at our relationship to that. So go to Second uh, Timothy 4, uh, 1 through 5. Second Timothy 4, uh, 1 to 5. Sure. It says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine for according to their, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Yeah. Um, so he says, be ready, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll get to what he instructs here, but he says there's going to be a time to come uh, in verse uh, 3. What, is, what does he say? What's going to happen? He said there's going to be a time mm-hmm. when what, what happens? When people won't endure sound doctrine. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But because of their own desires, um what do they do? They surround themselves with teachers mm-hmm. who tell them basically what they want to hear. And they turn away from what? From God, from sound doctrine and from, from what from the he truth. has spoken, from yeah. the word. From the truth, from the word. And that um, it appears that I guess this is a good thing. And remember, we've talked about, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, particularly when our, our comments out of Isaiah, Good becomes evil, evil becomes good. Mm-hmm. But people don't know the difference, so it looks like it's good, even though it's evil. And evil, remember, is just simply not of God, not right. truth. It's and false. honestly, we can see that um, all over the place right now, and and several different churches already embracing this idea. And so many people, I mean, conversations that I'll have with people, um, even well-meaning Christians, that well, I don't believe God could really mean this instead of looking at what he actually says, you know, right. or, you know, and they they be, begin to believe a lot of false things about God because it doesn't make logical sense to them that that's what his word would say and that's what he's calling us to and far, as far as life and everything. Yeah, so it's and interesting, and, and particularly that even you, Christians doing yeah, this. Particularly that we've attributed um, our own thinking, which is what he mm-hmm. says here is, to God and God's nature and, and basically reject the word because we don't care about the word. Right. Uh, it's like, well, isn't that a good idea? So, so for example, when the tribulation comes, uh, remember how it's going to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, it's, uh, and this is what one thing that, that we're trying to show, and, they, and they, actually, they actually said it themselves. Hey, everybody, don't you realize that you can't trust your government? Mm-hmm. Well, that has to happen. If I'm gonna, right. if I'm gonna flip from being an American with with a democracy and Senate to and House and presidency, and say I I join the one world government and give up that sovereignty, mm-hmm. I have to believe my government has no more value, and they're not that good at it anymore, 
and I've lost trust in him. Uh, matter of fact, mm-hmm. I've not only have lost trust, but I actually um, have a, a negative uh, thought about that they can ever do anything. Mm-hmm. So that has to happen. Um, and then two is that it's going to be an economic, remember it's an economic thing. Right. So um, uh, there's a big collapse economically where everybody suffers because of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's worldwide. Um, and the the pain of that is going to be very, very tough. It's going to be, you know, we're going to have a hard time actually getting food and we're not going to be able to pay bills. And uh, we're fearful and we're worried and what happens, what happens, what happens. It appears like there's no hope mm-hmm. to it. And then all of a sudden the one world government says, hey, by the way, uh, and this, by the way, is why the central uh, Fed bank is so critical that it's owned by the Rothschilds, uh, we have a solution. Mm-hmm. And the solution fundamentally is going to be, we're going to wipe out all your debt. You're not going to own anything. We're going to give you income and get employed again, and we'll, we'll have annual uh, stipend for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have equity in the new corporate structures that we're putting in place. And um, all you got to do is, uh, you know, uh, the mark of the beast, mm-hmm. sign, you know, sign this thing and take the mark. And now you can you can buy and sell. Well, what 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 Paul is referring to here is that there'll be a lot of believers. Remember, because he's talking about believers here. There'll right. be a lot of believers that are going to drift from the truth, and they're going to say, "Actually, this is God's solution to the problem." Mm-hmm. And hallelujah, thank you, God that you solve the problem and I get to have life back again. Right. And, um, uh, and I'm gonna join that. Uh, and that even when the remnant by the red is gonna say, which is what you know, we're, we're gonna go back to here, that isn't so, it's a spiritual uh, deception. Mm-hmm. And we have to trust God to get us through this. Don't join it, don't take the mark of the beast. Right. Um, and we had episodes where we talked about the extreme ramifications for that. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, uh, we keep wanting to encourage everybody. It'll be clear, not fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your community will help to reinforce that. We see it. We see it. We see it. Um, well, but, clear, but, not fuzzy, though. But there are lots of people that are deceived by it. So big, clear, big, not fuzzy, if you are abiding and staying in the word and staying in community and processing. But I don't think it's going to be clear, not fuzzy for those who are really, you know, lackadaisical with their faith and with their walk with God. I think it's going to be, they're, they're going to be deceived. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why he says to, to uh, Timothy, cause he's, you know, uh, encouraging him is this, mm-hmm. you know, stay, stay in the word, receive the word, teach the word, be mm-hmm. ready and convince, rebuke, exhort and long suffering and teach based on the truth. Cause it's a spiritual mm-hmm. thing, not a, a natural thing. Right. And that, like you say, the deception will be because people aren't receiving the word of God or walking with God, right. it appears to be a good thing. And they're going to convince mm-hmm. each other it's a good thing. It's going right. to be a massive deception uh, as we head into that. So that if, you know, we're uh, right now we're in 2023 and they've established their timeline at 2030. By the way, it doesn't guarantee that. Um, well, that's seven years. Mm-hmm. Um of getting ready for this, that that's why we're trying to uh, spend the time on it. And again, 
whether it's actually it or not, um, and it's just this big, big, big opposition spiritually, it's going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And we're just going through a cycle of that. Well, then God says, I still need you to come and be with me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and learn what it means to walk with me and let me, let me guide you into truth and don't be deceived by not truth. And the key is mm-hmm. you got to abide. You got to, you got to walk with him. You got to learn to follow the Holy Spirit, uh, to be led, to do that in community mm-hmm. and, and keep saying, well, what does God say? And by right. the way, God doesn't violate his word that he's already written, and he just builds upon that. And, uh, and the key is don't throw that out because nobody's really focusing on it. So he just said, you know, be careful. Okay, uh, as we go further in that, he gives us another instruction about that. So go to uh, Matthew 25 and read verses 1 through uh, 13, and we'll, we'll uh, spend some time there, and then we'll look at it uh, further next time as well. So. All right, Matthew, Matthew 25. 25, 1 yeah. to 13. Yeah. When the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with the lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, all the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Yep. Okay, so um, uh, it's talking about the wise and the foolish. Uh, fundamentally, mm-hmm. what's the difference between the wise and the foolish? The wise are following and seeking God's wisdom, and the foolish are staying in self and on their own. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, it says um, in verse 11, um, well, as far as I was concerned to the foolish, um, it, didn't, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what? And now, now think about, remember he's talking about uh, followers of Christ per se. So the, it's mm-hmm. not, we know the foolish who don't receive Christ don't even have a shot at this. Right. So we, we don't, we don't, we're not including them in the 10. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, there's, there's people that are, that are kind of together of the same family, uh, five wise, five foolish. Um, the foolish say it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why would they say that? Um, I think they're just not seeking not asking they're doing their own thing and preoccupied with other things okay so what do they remember it's the uh the virgin that is coming to the bridegroom Mm -hmm. Uh, so the bridegroom the master the person who is preparing the place what do they in essence think about the bridegroom that isn't isn't so they don't realize like because my understanding and when you go back into these is that there is actually 
a whole historical context as to brides waiting, you know, the virgins waiting for their bridegroom to come. And it can be months of process that they're waiting and they're supposed to be prepared, you know, back in, in historically in Hebrew times. Yeah. So and that, so that the bridegroom you know. could show up any time, but because there's such a delay, they don't necessarily think he's really coming. You know, so they're just living life and doing their thing without really anticipating that he could be at any time. Yeah, and that, and we'll see that, um, well, uh, whatever happens, he's got me covered and I don't need to do anything. I don't need to worry about mm-hmm. it, you know. So that, uh, the exam- <laughs> interesting enough, the example we have of this is Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're t- referring to is that uh, in the Jewish culture, um, if a man gets betrothed, Mm-hmm. engaged to a woman. And by the way, because of the lifespan back then, they got married when they were 13, 14, 15 years really old. Really young, yes. Um, and so, you know, that's why when the, when the, and by the way, a male would go through what? Uh, bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. I'm a man, 13 years old. And mm. now, now you can get married. And so um, what happened is that... Um, I betrothed to you, um, it's at least a year that I'm gonna go and prepare the house room in my father's house mm-hmm. and build on another space for us to live there. Right. Um, and I'm gonna prepare a, ho- a place in my father's house, which we know Jesus does you know, for us. Um, during that year, they, and the reason it was a year is so what? They they knew that the virgin was pure, <laughs> mm-hmm. and didn't you know didn't have they didn't have relations and there wasn't relations with somebody else, so um, Mary and Joseph are betrothed. That's what Joseph is getting ready to do, and what right. is, what does he discover about Mary? That she's pregnant. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. So he was considering. You can read this in Matthew chapter one. Uh, he was considering putting her away. Mm-hmm. Now his options were I could stone, have her stoned. I could put her away and have her quietly go somewhere or make it a public deal. But for sure, I'm stopping the marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's when the angel said, no, Joseph, what she said is accurate. Um, this is me, and she hasn't been unfaithful, and you you understand what, what you're about ready to be part of. Yes. Uh, this is this is true, and even though this year was meant for this purpose, it's good, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, as we go, we're going to pick this up next time. But um, well, what does it mean to wait, and why? And and this is what we want you to be thinking about. We'll pick this up next time. Everybody is, what was the reason, the fundamental reason that they were foolish, mm-hmm. and then what were the consequences? Mm. of not being wise. And he's talking about at the end times, because this is the context here. Right. Is, well, this is going to happen in the end. And it's a story about what happens at the end. And Mm. he sets it up and said, well, there's going to be wise and there's going to be foolish. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, think about why and what the consequences are. And God's, (laughs) you know, the reason he tells the story is he said, if I was you... (laughs) I'd be wise. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so uh, that's what we have to ask the question. What does that look like? What does that mean to really be wise when we're in this waiting period? And of course, our waiting period could seem like either never 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe my only time that I'm going to see Jesus is when he comes to get me when I'm ready to pass physically into death, physical death. I guess mm-hmm. that's it. And is this rapture, is this end times ever going to really be happening? Right. And so what? You know, and so that's the big question that we'll, we'll answer. So we'll pick this up again next time. Uh, th- be thinking about those questions. And then we're, next time, mm-hmm. Kathy, when we start, make sure that we uh, get into this again with the story Excellent. and, and yes, what, what to we'll do with do. it. Yep. Sounds great. Thanks so much for sharing. And thank you for joining us, everyone. Be following uh, what's going on with the WEF this week. I think you'll find it fascinating. And we'll pick this conversation up next time. Yep. Have a great day. Yep. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.